Paul. If you have a Bible, I would love for you to open up with me tonight to 1 Corinthians 9. Uh, we'll be reading uh, the end of that chapter, verse 23 uh, through 27, in just a little bit. Um, but I want to kind of set it up for us tonight in a way that uh, really helps me uh, just be at a place of humility and a place of just adoration of God. Um, well, I've talked about this before, but uh, um, you probably can expect this to come back up every couple of years. I think it's just a really awesome uh, framework to uh, really get our hearts in the right place. Uh, but tonight, uh, in, in just a few hours, and uh, in, in some places around the world, it's already happened. Uh, but tonight for us in our time zone, uh, in just a few hours, we will put a wrap on another lap around the sun, and maybe you know, and maybe you, you haven't uh, thought about it much, or maybe you, you didn't know, uh, that that's how we actually measure our years, uh, based on the amount of time it takes for the earth to travel around the sun. And, and I'm sure you've, you've heard that before, but maybe you've never thought that uh, every year that passes is another lap on a journey, that time that's passed is actually uh, a distance that we've traveled. And again, probably don't give much thought to it because whether we are moving or standing still, um, the earth is doing what it's doing and we don't really pay much attention to that, right? Uh, maybe we've never considered that time and how it's constructed uh, actually indicates progress we've made, distance that we've traveled. Now, you probably don't think about it uh, because, well, from our vantage point, um, the earth looks like it's just kind of suspended in the middle of dark space. But that's the thing. Time is measured not by our traveling, but by our planet's motion. Uh, and, and first off, Earth isn't just suspended in the middle of nowhere, but it's actually it's in motion and the vastness of space. And when you factor in gravity and inertia, uh, Earth spins on an axis and we measure the days that pass by the time it takes for the Earth to complete one spin. And we measure the years by the time it takes for Earth to literally make a lap around the sun. So the earth is spinning in place and it's moving throughout space. So the idea that the earth is spinning in place and while it's spinning, it's also moving throughout space. Now I say all this because earth's orbiting patterns are how we measure time. And it shouldn't be lost on us that that was set in motion by God. You may say, well, this is church, not science class, but I think it's a big deal because God is the one that designed time right? God is the one that set things in motion. And God chose to give us this idea that time passes as earth spins and time passes as earth moves through space. That's how God wired the universe. And it's only been the last hundred, or year, hundred years or so that we've been able to actually get a glimpse of how this works. Isn't that incredible that for thousands of years, people weren't aware of how time passed. We just kind of observed that there were lights in the sky and sometimes it was dark and sometimes it was bright and sometimes the, earth, the sun completely disappeared. But in the last couple of hundred years, we've begun to understand how all this works. It's so awesome to discover more about God. Uh, as time passes. And, and the Bible actually begins by introducing us to these elements. It doesn't give us a science lesson because that's not the point of the Bible. It, it lets us know though that time is a creation of God and its passing is not insignificant. I used to not think it was a big deal for a year to pass and another year to come, but God is the one who designed time. And time that passes is not insignificant. It's a milestone in every passing day, in every passing year is part of God's creative 
plan. Now, something that stands out when I think about how time is measured that I think makes for a good New Year's Eve conversation is basically how God designed days and years as circuits or tracks or laps of a course. And maybe you've never thought about this, but I think it's a really awesome way to kind of to picture how the universe works. The earth makes a lap in place every day that the earth is literally making laps. Now, maybe you've, you know, remember back in, in, in PE or in gym class that you had, you had to run in place to kind of get prepared for something or if you were, you know, getting ready for some sort of uh, uh, sport that you played, uh, that you did warm-ups. The, the earth is literally just running in place every day. It's just spinning around. But it's doing more than that, like we said. It's making laps around the sun and it takes a full year or a year, a year is measured by the time it takes for earth to make a lap around the sun. We're about to get to the place that we were just one year ago. Now, all this is happening at a pretty brisk pace. The earth rotates on its axis every 24 hours. It spins at a rate of 1,000 miles per hour. If you and I spun around it one mile per hour, we would get dizzy, right? But the earth is able to spin around in place 1,000 miles per hour, and we don't even notice it, do we? But of course, the earth is going somewhere. It's not just spinning in place, it's moving throughout space. And get this, the earth orbits the sun every 365 days at a rate of 67,000 miles per hour. So it's moving, it's going somewhere, right? The earth is moving 67,000 miles per hour. And every single day, the earth travels 1.6 million miles. Every day, the earth travels nearly 2 million miles. And again, we don't pay attention. We don't even notice it, do we? We're just chilling out. Uh, think about how many miles that you've traveled this year. And we don't even feel it. But that's not all that makes up this glorious equation. So we know the earth spins in place. We know the earth moves around the sun. But did you know that the sun is moving as well? that the earth orbits the sun, but the sun is orbiting something too. The, earth, the sun and our solar system with it is moving 500 miles per hour around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. So the earth is spinning in place. The earth is spinning around the sun. The sun is spinning around the Milky Way's center and inertia pulls us with it. It's said that it takes the sun 230 million years to make a complete journey around the Milky Way. Now, I don't know if we've made, that, made a complete lap yet, you know, but the sun has got a long way to go to finish what they call a galactic year. An Earth, a solar year is one lap around the sun, but a galactic year is one lap around the Milky Way. And, and, and again, we got a little ways to go to that. Oh, by the way, the Milky Way galaxy is also moving. So think about this, the Earth is spinning, the sun is spinning and taking us with it. And the Milky Way galaxy is spinning, taking us with it as well. And it's moving 1.3 million miles per hour. While we're also moving 67,000 miles per hour in the middle of that. So things are going pretty quick, aren't they? So I say all that to say this. If you factor all of this in, over the last year, we have been on an 11,388,000,000-mile journey through space. That's the amount of ground that we have covered over the last year. 
If you account the time, the, the distance the earth has spun around the sun, the sun has spun around the Milky Way, the Milky Way has spun around whatever it's spinning around, we have covered 11,388,000,000 miles as we finished lap 221 A.D. Now, we don't know the actual number, uh, the actual lap that we're on because there are a lot of B.C. years that we don't know how far it goes back, right? Uh, but we've, we've completed more than 2,000 laps. We've completed at least five or 6,000 laps around the sun, and I'm sure there are probably some more. We just don't know. Uh, but, but I wanted to use this another lap framework to sort of guide our conversation tonight uh, because I think it ties in with a very appropriate passage of Scripture found in 1 Corinthians 9 that I think we will, uh, that I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about here on New Year's Eve. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the people at Corinth about this sense of necessity and this sense of urgency that he felt regarding the gospel and its proclamation. And he's trying to get them to understand how urgent it is. Because here's the thing, when we're sitting on this planet and it's just us chilling out, we don't realize how urgent this mission is, do we? We don't realize that this planet's going somewhere. We don't realize this galaxy's going somewhere. We don't notice it. We don't know. We can't, to us, 11 billion miles, that's a joke. We haven't went anywhere that, like that. Maybe a few hundred miles if you count the time that we've driven across here and there. But I don't know about the 11 billion. That's a little bit of a crazy number to throw at us tonight, Justin. But Paul is trying to get the people at Corinth to understand the bigger picture they're a part of. And he says this in verse 23 to kind of begin this last part of the, of, the, of the text. He says, explaining himself, he says, I do this for the gospel's sake that I may be a partaker of it with you. So Paul has just explained why he's so passionate, why he's so focused, why he's so zealous. He's talking about why he's so uh, with a necessity to preach the gospel. And he says, I'm all things to all people, doing all things I can do for the people, for the glory of God. Paul says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, and my heart is that you would be a partaker of it with me. That I don't want it just to be me on this mission, I want you to join me on this. And he says that uh, he believes that they should share his passion and purpose. The Spirit is bringing the same message to you and me tonight. And I think at this New Year's Eve, I think the sense of urgency can be flamed, uh, fanned a little bit. I think the flame can be fanned a little bit tonight. And I think that necessity can be laid on our shoulders. Truly, Paul says, we all should be about the kingdom. The mentality is not just for super saints like Paul, but it's for every saint like you and I. And that's why to be kingdom-minded, we must be church-oriented, which is what Paul is trying to tell the, the people at Corinth, that they've already taken that first step. Because the church is an outpost for the kingdom of God, that we are God's outpost. And there are all sorts of churches. Now, in the ancient world, when, kingdoms, when a kingdom got bigger and bigger, they would build as many outposts as they can. And you wonder, why are there so many churches? Why can't we all just be in one place? It'd be great if we could. But every church, every gathering is an outpost for the kingdom of God. It's it's a, it's a vantage point for that part of the community, for that part of the world to be able to shine a light to those people and to reach those people and to serve those people. So you and I are an outpost for the kingdom of God. And the church is such a blessing. It keeps us accountable. It makes us uh, aware of the urgency. And Paul is trying to get us to understand what is so urgent tonight. Look at verse 24. He says, do you not know? And usually when the Bible says, do you not know, it's asking that because maybe we don't know. 
Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one, only one, receives the prize? He says, so run in such a way that you may obtain it. So Paul says, I want all of us, I want all of us to understand that we are a part of a race. We are making laps for the kingdom of God. And what if all of us had the attitude, let's try to obtain the prize. Now, Paul's referring to what was very familiar for the Corinthians. They had their local versions of the Olympics, the Corinthian games, and the people that were successful in those games maybe would make it to the Olympic games in Athens. He likens their faith to an athlete's competitive event in a race. And now we just liken the passion of another year to the completing another lap in the race that God initiated years ago. So the question is, are we competitive in this race? Are we keeping up to the one who sets the pace? Now, to be clear, this is not about getting in. This isn't about staying in. This is not about qualifying. It's not about measuring up. This is about making the most of every opportunity, making the most of every lap. The the risk isn't falling out. The risk isn't being excluded, but the urgency is that we have been made a part of this race, of this journey. Why aren't we making the most of it? And are we making the most of it really is the question that we've got to ask ourselves tonight as we look back and as we look forward. And to be clear, there are three areas that I want to bring up, bring before us tonight in terms of evaluating how we did in 2021 and what we should strive for in 2022. And we'll consider three questions uh, very briefly tonight. In 2021, did we grow as Christians? Did we go for the kingdom of God? And did we glorify God through it all? Now we'll break these down one by one in a minute, but first look at verse 25. Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it for a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Now here's what he's saying. That if you are part of some athletic event on this planet and and even bigger, even beyond that, if you are trying to achieve some goal in your life, it takes work, doesn't it? That if you want to be able to buy something, you've got to work hard to have the money to afford it. If you want to be able to achieve something, you've got to put the work in to be able to accomplish that, right? Paul says we work hard for prizes, but here's the thing about prizes that we work so hard for. They are all perishable prizes, He's not trying to say you shouldn't work for it. He's just trying to make you aware. The things that you work so hard for, mostly, they don't last. But Paul is inviting us to understand that we have been included in this race, in this journey, in the kingdom of God. And what is available to us is not something that's perishable. It's something that's imperishable. It's something that's eternal. So compare how much you strive for perishable things to how much you strive for that which is imperishable. Paul says that serving the kingdom, making the most of every day and every year for his glory by growing in him, going for him, is how we work towards that imperishable crown. He says in verse 26 and 27, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. So he uses the racing analogy, he uses the boxing analogy. But I discipline my body and bring it under subjection like an athlete must do, right? When lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified, that I might would be a castaway. And, and literally the, the better word there is that I would be an afterthought. 
in this journey. You don't want to be an afterthought in the journey in the kingdom of God. Now, Paul was serious about the kingdom, and I think that we should be as serious in light of finishing another lap as we are about to start another lap. I want to talk about these three things. How did we do in 2021, and what can we do differently in 2022? So that first question, did you grow as a Christian in 2021? Now, what sort of progress did you make in your devotion to Christ? As we follow Jesus, we become more like him. We should become more like him. We should find ourselves more and more involved in what he is involved in. So the question is, how did you do this year? Are you more like Jesus than you were 365 days ago? Are you closer to Jesus? Have you spent more time with him than you have spent doing any or anything or anyone else? Consider your relationships. How has Jesus impacted them? Consider how you respond to life, challenges, pressure, opportunities. Did you manage them in a Christ-like way? Did you handle them with love and mercy and grace and integrity with every opportunity that every day brought before you? How did you respond to them? Did you grow in your faith? And faith grows when it's tested. Faith grows when it's stretched, which we've had plenty of testing the last couple of years, haven't we? Maybe you actually regressed in your faith. Maybe you look, behind, you look back and you became less like Jesus. And no shame in it. Just, sometimes that's what happens. More like other people. Maybe you're more like other people, more ascribing to other ideals. I think a good litmus test for did we grow in this year is this. Following Jesus should impact our behavior towards God and others. And as followers of Jesus, we should be people that serve faithfully. Serve the kingdom, serve each other, serve God. Have you served faithfully this year in whatever capacity you've been called to serve? Have you loved passionately? Have you given graciously? I think that's a good litmus test. Did, Did you grow in your faith? Well, did you serve and did you love? Did you give? Against this plumb line, how did you do? And I think this is an area that needs more attention in 2022 for all of us. And that's why we as a church take very seriously the idea of discipleship and accountability. Second question, did you go for the kingdom of God in 2021? How many people did you share the story of God with in 2021? How many people did you go towards with care and concern like Jesus did, with a heart to meet their needs spiritually and physically? That's what it means to go for the kingdom of God. The truth is that sometimes we are too busy going for other things, too consumed by going after other goals, aren't we? The old children's book, All the Places You'll Go. Where all did you go in 2021? We go a lot of places, don't we? Places that we have to go, places that we love to go, places that we don't like to go but somehow can't avoid. We go for work, for family, for fun, but where did we go for God in 2021? Maybe you scrapbook, your social media reminds you the places that you went in a given year, but I want you to think, where did you go out of dedication for God this year? Could that be an area that needs improving in 2022? And bringing this all together, last question. Did you glorify God with your life in 2021? Maybe you have a lot to show for the progress you made in your life this past year, gains that you made, goals that you achieved. 
but what did you add to your eternal portfolio this year? What did you send ahead this year? Think about it like this. If you knew that tomorrow everything you've worked for this year would be consumed in some crazy unexpected explosion, if you knew that it would all catch on fire, wouldn't you spend all day today packing it up and sending it somewhere safe? Every year is a reminder that we're headed towards a destination. We're rapidly moving through space to get there. What are you sending ahead so that it won't be consumed with what's behind? You know, scientists say that while the Earth is moving throughout, uh, around the sun and the sun moving around the Milky Way, the Milky Way galaxy is moving, and really it's moving towards something called the Great Attractor. Now, the scientists don't know what this Great Attractor is. They just speculate that the reason why the Milky Way galaxy and the Andromeda galaxy and the galaxies that we're all around, the reason why they're all moving so violently and so fastly is because there's something that's pulling us in that direction. They believe that there is confluence of matter and primal energy. There's a gravitational center and it's pulling the cluster of the universe that our galaxy and a few other galaxies exist in. Essentially, we are a part of a cluster called the Lana Kia Supercluster. The Lana Kia Supercluster. Part of this cluster is the Milky Way, the Andromeda, and many other galaxies. And all of us are moving as fast as we can toward this great attractor. But nobody knows what that great attractor is. But can I identify that great attractor for you tonight? that we are moving towards the kingdom of God. And this bright supercluster of galaxies is moving through space toward a destination. And if you can zoom, if you can see there on the left on the right side of the screen there's a little red dot. And that little red dot is the Milky Way galaxy. And if you zoomed even farther in on that little red dot, you would find another little red dot, and that would be the sun. And if you zoomed even farther in on that little dot, you would find us. Every day, our little globe is moving. And and, and scientists speculate that when it gets toward the end, the Milky Way galaxy and all the other galaxies are going to get competitive. They're going to break off of their inertia and they're going to try to outdo one another because they all want to get there before the other one gets there. Something in their nature wants to get there first and the elements will begin to pull even more violently. Did you know that deep down in your heart there is something that is sensitive to that pull from God that wants more than anything else to reach that destination and do it with all that you have because you know and we know that there is only one that's worthy of our lives can we all agree can we all agree that this should be our desire for 2022 to grow as a believer to go as a follower and to glorify God above all else Can we agree and can we make that goal tonight together that we wanna be a people that grow and go and glorify God? And I think it begins and ends. I think it all centered around how devoted to God's word we are as people and as followers. If we search the scriptures every day, if we rely on the spirit that breathes from the pages, if we pray and seek and say, show me, direct me, that I might grow and go and glorify God. So I wanna leave you with a prayer for a new year and, and a reading plan that I wanna introduce to everybody. 
You may have your own and that's fine, but this might be something to consider. Years ago, um, a man named Michael Colley came up with, this, with a reading plan uh, that uh, helps us get through the Bible in a year. And rather than beginning at Genesis and going through the end and slogging through some of the uh, more dense books of the Bible, uh, Michael's plan actually involves every day reading a different genre of Scripture. And Michael believed that every day that we get a different taste of the different parts of the Bible, that it helps strengthen us theologically and it helps bring all of the Bible together in a cohesive way. So rather than going through the law and then getting to the history and then finally getting to the gospels year, months from now, that you get a bit of all of it at once and you begin to understand how to divide it and rightly bring it together. On your way out, there's some sheets of paper that helped you follow this plan. And I believe it would be good for us as a church to commit to doing that together. And as we read the Bible, I think there's a prayer that I've been praying for years that I would invite you all to adopt. A very short prayer, but a very powerful prayer at least for me it has been. As we read the Bible, as we pray for God to grow us and help us to go, a simple prayer, I invite you to pray with me. God, this is your day. Have your will and have your way. God, as I'm reading your word, as I want you to show me how to grow and go and glorify you, this is your day. This is your year. Have your will, have your way. That simple prayer could change your life as you begin to allow God to pull you in the direction that he's destined you to be in and to begin with. You know, God's been so good to us this year as we finish another lap, as we start the next one, it's only right that we consider how we might honor him and exalt him. Because after all, we know our destination. We know where we're headed. We can't ignore it. We'd be foolish to. So let's set our hearts on eternity and let's glorify God with our lives every day of this new year. And let us open God's word together every day and let us pray, God, this is your day. Have your will and have your way. Before we leave, I would like to lead us all in taking communion together because it's because of what God has provided for us from his on his table that we get to be a part of this journey. It's because of what Christ did for us 2000 years ago that we get to enjoy uh, participating in this glorious journey towards our destination. 